Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Hello, everybody, and welcome aboard Must Read Alaska, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. And what an amazing day it is here in South Central Alaska. And from my perch, I want you all to know that I can see all the way down Cook Inlet, I can see the planes coming and going from the airport. I see the Alaska Range and Sleeping Lady. I see Mount Foraker and Mount Denali and Mount Hunter over there, the, the Talkeetna Mountains, the Chugach Range. It is just a gorgeous day here. And I know that it's nice in Juneau as well. They've got puffy clouds, lots of blue sticking through. And in Fairbanks, they've got a bluebird day. And so we're happy to bring this show to you today. And if you love Must Read Alaska and you like listening to this podcast, please go and give us a five-star review. You know we love it to, to see the comments too. If, if you have something you'd like to say, put a narrative comment in there. We really appreciate it. It does help us do a, a, a lot better job as well. And it helps us improve our rankings. So please go and uh, just give us a five-star review. And that way we'll show up more on you know, Apple and Google Play and those things. For all the latest news, head over to mustreadalaska.com. Of course, you already knew that. I'm Suzanne Downing, and I'm really glad to be joined today by my co-host, John Quick from beautiful Nikiski. And yet, I think you are probably in Kenai today, John, right? Yes, I'm living the dream here in Kenai. John Quick here. And uh, we have beautiful weather. Man, I can tell you that uh, I'm on the Kenai River right now, right next to the banks of the Kenai River. And it is a beautiful sight. I'm surrounded by mountains. I got geese flying over my head. And you couldn't ask for a better day than today. Um, over the weekend, uh, we, uh, the hardware store that I'm one of the uh, owners of, we did a fundraiser for a theater that burnt down. So uh, sadly, our local theater that does um, not movies, but plays with kids and adults like Shakespeare, uh, it burnt down to the ground a couple months ago, and we decided to uh, come together, McKiskey Hardware and Supply did, and do a fundraiser for this theater. And we were able to raise, I don't know, 13, 1400 bucks for the theater, which is great. Uh, that's a dollar at a time. So we had a lot of people coming through the doors and donating a buck at a time. And we had live music and a barbecue and the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, it goes to show you that um, that, you know, there was people from all walks of life there, Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, the left, the right, and uh, everybody was there because they cared about their community, regardless of political background. So you can still come together as a community, and it was awesome to see Nikiski do that over the weekend. Well, that's the neat thing about Nikiski. Nikiski is always a great place to go, and I can't wait to get back there this summer, and I will be back there in Oh, I think in um, the first week of June, I'm going to be down there. So we'll catch up with you there. Now, I just came back from a press conference here in Anchorage. It was Dave Bronson's first press conference since he was elected mayor. And now he is mayor-elect Bronson. And that's pretty darn exciting for people. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I think uh, that uh, mayor-elect Bronson has won the hearts of the people 
in Anchorage. Now, whether he won by one vote or 1,600 votes, he still won the majority of the hearts of folks in Anchorage. And I think people are so excited for a new direction. They're sick and tired of the current direction and uh, folks are excited for this new direction. Yeah, right. And actually, I, I think that probably he, he is more accepted than even the votes show because Forrest Dunbar, when he ran for office, I mean, he's got tremendous name recognition here in South Central. You know, when he started his political career, he started out running for uh, Congress. And of course, he didn't do that well, but at least he got his name out. And then he took off a couple of years and he did some things and then he ran for assembly. And because he's uh, he ran for assembly with some good name ID and with the same logo he used before and he won the first time, he's got tremendous uh, Democrat support. The Democratic Party not only endorsed him, they gave him a lot of money and all the union members um, and all the unions, not the members, but the union uh, leadership gave him tons of money, lots of money from San Francisco and Rhode Island and Washington DC and Virginia where all the lawyers are, he had a lot of money like that to get his message out. Whereas Dave Bronson was completely an unknown name. And for him to, for Bronson to win against Dunbar is a stunning defeat for Dunbar. But today when they were having their press conference, I'll just say that they announced their transition team which is pretty interesting stuff. And I wanted to tell you who they are, because I don't know that if you've had a chance to read the story yet, John, I just posted it at mustreadalaska.com. But they've got two leads on the transition team. One is Larry Baker, who's a friend of mine and a former neighbor of mine here in Anchorage. And he's also a former assemblyman and he's a former legislator. He was the chief of staff to Mayor Sullivan. He used to own a bunch of Burger Kings around here. He's a realtor and he is a, a a very active member of the community and he's been very involved for years. He's never let up, he's always been involved. And Craig Campbell is the other co-chair. He's a former assemblyman as well, but he was also former Lieutenant Governor. He was the uh, head of the Alaska Aerospace Corporation. He was the adjunct general for uh, the Alaska National Guard. He was the commissioner of military and veterans affairs. And, and believe it or not, he once upon a time, I think he was the executive director of the Anchorage Office of Planning and Development. And so both of them have amazing resumes and they're both retired. They have time to do this. There's all like, there's going to be 115 or so positions that the mayor will be filling. And that means some of the people who work for the city now will not be working there. And I can think of a few that I'd be happy to show the door to you know, the city attorney. <laughs> she can she can go as far as I'm concerned, and um, and some and a few others that he, are positions that he might not even need. For instance, they they just recently funded this equity officer position, and they hired that position in, and they brought somebody up from Tacoma, Washington, for this position. So they paid the moving costs for this guy. Well this mayor could actually let him go and he doesn't actually have to fill that position. And another, uh, you know, they've got other positions in there like the homelessness coordinator probably need to let her go because she has been, let me tell you, she's been coordinating the heck out of homelessness in Anchorage. We have so much, man, she is coordinated like, like you wouldn't believe. And so they really do need to clean house there. It's been Berkowitz town for six years. And in those six years, this city has just tanked so he's got his work cut out for him. but he was there with his two co-chairs and I, I know you know Larry Baker I don't know how well you know uh, Craig Campbell John yeah I mean he's got a rock star there for his transition team I mean this is the who's who of of 
of guys that uh, know all the players that they have a proven track record of getting stuff done both in the private and the public sector and uh, you know don't really have any skeletons in their closet and I think that they these are two guys that also want what's best for Anchorage and I think that's what we heard from the press conference today is Mayor-elect Bronson is is wanting to do what's best for Anchorage and we know that what's best for Anchorage is not the same course that it's been on and so I'm excited to see him clean house that may sound a little negative but I think that the pe- people in Anchorage know that this has been mismanaged uh it is it's a joke it's been managed as as if there's just barrels of money hidden somewhere in some closet that people are figuring out how to fund things that aren't in the actual uh, title for the city to you know be on the hook for for funding and They've come up with this program and that program and seven other different programs and hired, you know, different kinds of directors for these kinds of programs. And the city, the average taxpayer that's seen their property bill shot up, you know, 200 percent, doesn't really want to see it managed the way it's been managed. And so I think um, Mayor like Bronson's going to be able to go in there and uh, hire the people that he wants to hire. And you heard him today. He's going to do a hiring freeze. And what that means for what that means to folks who are hearing, wait a second, he's hiring people, but he has a hiring freeze. You're going to see the uh, every time there's a position that goes, uh, you know, somebody retires or somebody moves or whatever, that position becomes open. And what he's saying is, as those positions become open, he will do a hiring freeze. And this could be literally millions of dollars. A mayor Pierce here at the borough did it for a year and a half. He had a hiring freeze. And it saved the our little teeny Kenai Peninsula borough. It saved us upwards of two million dollars for the year. And so take that times ten for the city of Anchorage. And just doing a hiring freeze can literally save millions of dollars a year. Right, right, and and um, and so you know have to do it judiciously. You know, he he did mention that he looks like he's going to look for a new police chief. The police chief that they installed in April has only been in there for one month, almost a month exactly, less than 30 days. And that was after Chief Justin Dahl announced his retirement and retired after he had been out sort of applying for work in other places. He'd been sort of looking for a new position. I guess he didn't figure he was gonna stick around for the new administration. And so uh, Ken McCoy has been in there and, and that he's a African-American police chief, the first in Anchorage, and that might be sensitive for Bronson because you don't want to come in and, and fire your African-American police chief. But quite honestly, I don't care what color the police chief is. We just want good, competent help here in Anchorage to keep things safe and keep things going in the right direction. And I will tell you this much. I was not impressed with, with McCoy because he went and he actually he was trying to be too cute, but he went and he campaigned for Forrest Dunbar. So they had this big event over in East Anchorage. It was called the BIPOC Get Out the Votes. Or, so it was a Black, Indigenous, people of color is what BIPOC is. And, and they had a big Get Out the Vote event. But all the people that were there were already on board with Dave Bront, with um, Forrest Dunbar. They were, it, was a, it was a Forrest Dunbar campaign event. It was so clear the NAACP was there. They've already come out in favor of, of Dunbar. And so who shows up but the police chief in uniform for this uh, this so-called neutral event? It wasn't neutral. It was they're just playing games. And so I, I just feel like his political instincts were pretty much tone deaf. I, I wouldn't have done that if I were him. I consider that a, a kind of a, 
a mark against him, but we'll see. He can always apply for the job and maybe he'll get chosen. We'll see. But um, I, I don't know if you noticed over the weekend, it was Friday night. It was, the, it was the classic Friday night news dump. So here you have Forrest Dunbar. We all know that he's lost. And, and so he finally gets around to conceding after the sort of like 10 o'clock news on Friday night. He writes this big, long diatribe on Facebook about how he lost and how Dave Bronson is the liar and he can't do what he wants to do and he's going to fail. And, and um, it was just the most pitiful thing you've ever seen. This is a guy who thought he was good enough to be in Congress and he does not know how to concede. He hasn't figured that out. Yeah, it was basically a poster child of being a whiny millennial. And uh, he spelled that out in 17 paragraphs and giving every excuse under the book of uh, being a sore loser. And it, you know, for a guy that said he wanted to bring the city together, quote unquote, that's about the most detrimental thing you could do is to basically then go tell all the people that voted for you, hey, this guy that won, I know he kind of won and, you know, he's a liar and he's probably not going to be able to accomplish anything he wants to accomplish. And, you know, it's, it's just creating more divide. And, uh, you know, Bronson is going to come against the most amount of uh, people that are going to be trying to come against him in the first six months, it's going to be ludicrous. I mean, we're going to see, you know, when he doesn't, when he hires these hundred positions or so that he's allowed to fill, you know, the paper is going to cry foul. Oh my gosh, Bronson yep. came in and fired the directors and he fired the assistant directors and oh my gosh i can't believe he's doing this he must not have a heart well this is what every single mayor does when they come in and and uh, dunbar should know that when you lose you lose and you still should be a contributing member to the community and creating more divide only creates more divided it's spelled out for the folks that voted for bronson why they voted for bronson because they don't want a whiny millennial millennial in office as their mayor uh, you know, the, the, he, he, he really slapped at Bronson. He said, will he appoint ideologically extreme political allies in the place of, you know, the professional nonpartisan heads of departments? That is just a bunch of baloney, I got to say. Th this guy was so partisan in his campaign. He had the Democratic Party giving him money, and I, Bronson never got any money from the Alaska Republican Party. So it, it was just for him to say that... Uh, Bronson is a partisan, it's just a joke. And he said, will he pursue it, uh, the approach he espoused on the campaign trail, which we know to be unconstitutional about housing the, the homeless? Well, no, we don't know that to be unconstitutional. And, and quite honestly, uh, Dunbar hasn't seen his plan yet, so we don't know. Or we could, we could continue to refer to those elected officials as idiots and trash and perpetuate the division of Anchorage. Well, quite honestly, we have some people on our assembly that are really are idiots. They have they've just driven this the city to the ground. So it's pretty. It's it, the kinds of things you expect out of concession speech are. This was a, a hard campaign. We fought as hard as we could. We left it all on the field. I wish we would have won. We were so close. I thank all my volunteers and I thank every voter for voting who voted for me. And now we do need to pull together as a city because the success of the mayor, it means the success of the city. And I wish uh, Mayor Bronson all, every success in the world. And that's what you do. 
you wish your leader success. And he didn't do that. He just uh, he, he called him an extremist. And he said that he doesn't work based on truth. He called him a liar too in his concession speech. So it was pretty bratty. And then he went on to uh, post on Facebook a picture of himself standing with all of the signs that he had in his yard that had been defaced. And there were a number of them. And I'm not happy about that. I, I feel like that does not represent the opposition well. And whoever did that, that's called vandalism and should be prosecuted. And I'm sorry that that person wasn't caught. But he ended up blaming Bronson for that as well, which I think is very unfair since you know, obviously Bronson signs were defaced as well. There was that one sign that he had said, it said Bronson, a new direction. And somebody printed up on a piece of, uh, of sort of sticker, a sticker that went on it that just said a nude erection. So it went from a new direction to a nude erection. And uh, it was it was funny. And, and the Bronson campaign had to go out and sort of fix that because that was odd. But uh, he did a whiny baby thing. Like I said, it didn't represent his generation. Well, hey, if you're hearing airplanes outside, that's because there are airplanes outside. So <laughs> I've got the door open today. It's, it's a gorgeous day. Hey, other breaking news. I don't know if you noticed, but today, just at about noon, Alaska time, four o'clock East Coast time, the uh, the president signed the cruise ship bill and that is pretty good stuff for us here in alaska but particularly in southeast not as big an effect up here in anchorage because those ships are not coming across the gulf but for little old southeast alaska population 70,000, man they live or die every year by by those cruise ships and it is a good thing that this is signed and as you know all of these ships have already created their itineraries the first one is going to be leaving Seattle at about on a, on or about July 24th. And I'm going to try to put together a trip with some friends. I'm going to see if we could pull together like some mustard Alaska friends and get on that boat and sail up to Southeast Alaska and, and let everybody in the world know that we are not afraid to cruise. We're not afraid to sail. I've actually never taken a cruise through Southeast Alaska. I've, I lived there most of my life, but I never got on a cruise ship other than to just take a tour, I guess. But that was um, uh, a signing. And then what happened is um, in the afternoon, Jen Psaki, who's the press secretary for the president, she went in front of the press and she, uh, she thanked Lisa Murkowski and she thanked um, Congressman Young for their leadership in this area. And she completely snubbed oh, Dan Sullivan. She, <laughs> it was kind of, it's like, right? Well, the president doesn't like Dan Sullivan that much, which I guess is a good thing for Dan Sullivan because I don't think you really want to be liked by this president that much. I'm not sure what good it does you. Yeah, it's, uh, I would say that this is a big win for uh, Alaska. This goes to show you that you know, even though Senator Murkowski and Dan Sullivan and Congressman Young may not agree eye to eye on all these little nuances that call us conservatives, that in a pinch, they can get some work done. And this was, you know, by a lot of people, this was seen as un, un, unachievable, undoable, Absolutely. you know, pie in the sky idea, never going to happen. You got, uh, you know, Biden's got to sign off on this and the state never vote, you know, he lost in Alaska. And you know, the list goes on and on and on. And so kudos to Senator Murkowski and Senator Sullivan and, and Congressman Young for doing this, because even though these, um, you know, even though it's not going to be the same amount of tourists that we had, you know, two, three years ago, it's still a start. 
and it's got us where you got to restart somewhere. And they, I know that they had to have just worked their tails off to get this thing up through and past and get the president to sign off on it. So uh, big thanks to them for doing that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it actually, each one of them played a role. Uh, they, they each had to do a part of it. But you have to give Lisa Murkowski credit here because she is the one who has the relationship with Joe Biden and the long-term relationship with him. And she also would be the one who'd be able to go over to Maria Cantwell, the senator from Washington state who hates Alaska. And just the only thing she likes about Alaska is that um, she wants to protect the commercial fishing industry up here because they're all from Bellingham. And so they're all from Seattle. <laughs> Those are her people. But, uh, but, but Lisa did a good job there. And you have to kind of give her credit for having the relationships to do that. So did Don Young. He did a great job because he was able to get you know, Nancy Pelosi to get this through on the floor and, and get agreement. And it went lightning speed. It, it took just sort of two weeks to get this thing through. And uh, so they all played a role in getting their colleagues to come on board and save the Southeast Alaska cruise economy. Now, that said, it is not going to be that easy because I talked to a lot of business owners in Southeast Alaska this last week, and they are absolutely wringing their hands because they don't know if they can afford to open their, their shop. Some of them don't have inventory. They cannot get it in time. And for them, like let's say a shop owner, it could be as much of an eight-week season. But the last two weeks of September are pretty sketchy. You just don't get much traffic. It's really starting to die down. The restaurant owners can't find help to work in their restaurants. They are just dying. They're working so hard. And some, uh, some of the big restaurants in Juneau, like the Twisted Fish, which is a big tourist attraction in the summer, they're not going to open because A, they can't find people to work and B, if they, what if they invest in all this inventory, all the things to stock their refrigerators with and their freezers? And then what if something happens and everything gets shut down again? Because business community cannot take uncertainty. They have to have some degree of certainty. So then I talked to a guy who owns a flight scene company down there and a lodge, and they're not even going to start at all, they, even though they would have six weeks or eight weeks. And the reason is because September is pretty weather dependent. A lot of times they don't fly anyway, about 50% of their, their flights get canceled because of weather in September. They're, uh, they, they fly in and out to, to a lodge. And so they can't afford to just open for four weeks in August because they have to buy insurance for the whole year. So they got to buy insurance for 12 months in order to fly for one month. It's just not worth it. And they can't find pilots right now. They, for, we're going to just plug in for one month. And the same with the whale watch tours, John. Uh, I talked to one owner and he, he sold one of his boats already. And he might put one in the water, but again, it's only for four weeks for that because in September, people just don't want to go out. It's just, it gets a little rough and it gets a little rainy and just a little bit colder. So those kinds of experiences are not that helpful. Now the tram in Juneau, that might go all the way through the end of September. People like going to the top of the mountain and the museum, that is an attraction. The restaurants, there's a little taste of Juneau tour that that would do well, but sort of depends on what you're into down there, whether or not you can actually even open up this year. A lot of them simply can't do it. It's kind of sad. I talked to them and they're just they're very anxious, gotta tell you. Yeah, you know, it's a, uh, it's kind of a catch 22 because you really want the cruise ships to be there, but it's June, you know, it's almost June 
and they don't have the ability to restock. And so, but I think that also creates opportunities for other folks. I think that, you know, if you're a small business owner and you can't stock your shelves up full of your Alaska themed gifts, maybe you roll the dice and you create a walkabout tour or you, you know, I just went on Amazon and I looked up on Amazon, Alaska themed gifts. There's 57 pages of stuff on Amazon. You could literally buy stuff on Amazon and just mark it up. These people that are coming off cruise ships will pretty much buy anything. And so I think you might have a season where you have to think outside the box. You're going to have these people that are going to land and you're going to have less competition because not everybody can open, but have something to sell them because they will probably buy about anything you got on the shelf. Sure. And what you're, and those who do open up will have less competition if, if they can take the risk. But the risk is sort of a 50-50 thing for some of these people. They just say, gee, I, I've been without a paycheck for for 18 months. No, actually, so since so it's they closed down in 2019 at the end of that season, say September 30th. And then they have didn't have any season at all. So that's one year. So it's 18 months now. If they don't open up, it's going to be another 18 months, 19 months before they get, you know, they're going to be way into 40 months not having a, a paycheck and ha still having to pay rent, still having to pay mortgages on their equipment, for instance, if they have a boat. And so, yeah, they're, they're in dire straits down there in the tourism industry. Some will make it, some will not. And like you say, some will take the opportunity. Say, I wanted to talk a little bit about the um, House Joint Resolution 7, which is in the in the House Judiciary today as part of the special session. There's not going a lot going on in Juneau, but House Judiciary did meet, and they're looking at the governor's long-term solution for the permanent fund dividend, which is this hot potato that, that's been this way every year since Governor Walker decided that he could just make up a number year after year. and this year he'd give you this much and the next year he'd give you that much on your permanent fund dividend. And ever since he did that, he basically restructured the permanent fund dividend into a, an eeny, meeny, miny, mo situation. It's a mess and it's, it's been six years. The governor plans to put it in the constitution and then split the, uh, split the earnings reserve with the people. So the government gets 50% and the people get 50%, the 50-50 split that's the governor's plan. And in order to make it happen, he's asking for a draw on the earnings reserve account of the permanent fund. He needs about a $3 billion in bridge funding to kind of make it through the first two years. And then they think that it will all even out because there's about, I guess, about a $300 million fiscal gap that they have to meet. And he thinks he can do this without having uh, any kind of broad-based income tax. And so House Judiciary met today. I think they may be done by now, by the time we, we're done with our podcast here today, but they took public testimony. Now, I'll be writing about this a little bit later. Their plan is to draw $1.4 billion from the ERA and put it in the constitutional budget reserve. And then that would give the budget reserve um, $2.6 billion. And then they would be able to use that to, as bridge funding between now and a couple of years, because they think if they get through to fiscal year 27, they're actually going to be able to start um, developing budget surpluses. And so it, it, it protects, it really does protect the primary source of state, state government revenue. And I think that's important, but it also reconnects Alaskans with their, their sense of ownership of the permanent fund and the dividends and the royalties. And it connects them with their government and you know, owning part of the oil wealth. 
So there'll be some pushback. Yeah, I'd say uh, uh, kudos to the governor because one of the things he promised when he was running for office was he was gonna do this. And I know it's taken him a lot of work to get to this place. And this is something that nobody's ever gonna be happy with because the people that want the full fund and their pocketbooks, you know, and their checkbooks uh, every year on both sides of the aisle. You got people that want to spend it as a government agency, then you have the people, the average Joe out here that wants it in their kids' savings accounts, and they both want the full fund. And I uh, think that Walker opened up a can of worms to make it to where it needs to be in the Constitution. And uh, the governor is coming up with a solution that uh, can pe keep people's hands out of the cookie jar. And uh, I hope he's able to land the plane, but it's going to be a uh, an interesting run here the next uh, couple of weeks to see what happens. Right. And as we know, the the special session only lasts 30 days and they kind of always get off to a slow start. But this is the most critical thing facing Alaska right now is to, to resolve this, because when they passed SB 26 a few years ago, they did this structured draw. It's, it's percent of market value from the uh, from the permanent fund earning reserve that they brought a, a 5% out for to pay for government. And that was, a, that was a good start, but they didn't finish it. They'd never addressed, how are you going to do the dividend? Because that was just such a hard lift. So he is doing the hard lift here and he's asking them to come alongside him and, and really give this some thought. And we have people like uh, former senators, Kathy Giesel and John Coghill pushing against it. And then you have the editorial board over at the Anchorage Daily News, like setting their martini glass down long enough to give them a side glance and just say, you know, governor, you're just an idiot. And because there's some people really just just don't even want the permanent fund dividend to exist anymore. And so I'm, I got to give him credit for it. Hey, everybody, before we go, um, if you're still listening to this podcast, please go, please go over to the Must Read Alaska newsletter um, and, and check that out. That's in your inbox three times a week. We're no longer doing the, um, the, the daily report from Juno because they're in special session and they've only got one thing to do. So we roll that into the, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday newsletter. And you can find the newsletter by going to mustreadalaska.com and signing up there on the right-hand side. And be sure to tune in midweek for the podcast. It's up by Thursday morning. And Scott Lebeck, you're doing a fantastic um, job on it. In fact, I think we're going we're gonna to probably get Dave Bronson on pretty soon here with you. And that'll be very good. I hope you get him on this week. And you can also check with, check, check with us on Facebook. And we, we did some live streaming today of the Bronson press conference. And that was good. You, it only is about 10-minute broadcast. But I think you get a kind of a sense of who he is. And he showed up in a suit and his, uh, his transition team was in a suit. And these guys are, are ready to, to go to work here. If you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, thank you so much. It really does make this all possible and we really appreciate it. So if you wanna support this conservative side of the news, just, the do just hit the donate button on the right side of mustreadalaska.com. And that allows us to stay strong and independent and always kind of keep on that mainstream media on their toes. Till next week, everybody, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska. 